called How do I prove to the world that I'm here and that I'm a man, that I'm not a little kid anymore? And I'll only be young once. In this lifetime, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody except yourself. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. You are now listening to Right Ways Radio, hosted by Journeyman, amplifying the voices of youth development and modern rites of passage. Hello and welcome to Right Ways Radio, hosted by Journeyman. Today we have a special guest joining us from Norway, Ivand Fikenshaw Shellum. Uh, Ivand is a visionary, pioneer in men's work, and founder of Inner Throne, an online initiation for men. Ivand, welcome, and thank you so much for joining us. Uh, as I sit here with my co-host, Alex, we are really curious to get an intro into your work, and if you could maybe just share with our audience uh, what it is that you do. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Um, I'm still figuring it out myself. Um, I founded Reclaim Your Inner Throne at the end of 2014. And it was uh, quite a mysterious uh, process of creation. Uh, It's the first time in my life where I would be comfortable to use the word channeling. It was uh, like something came in a way it wasn't merely me sitting down and um you know creating it there was some higher wisdom that was coming through or some deeper wisdom whatever direction you choose to go um so um um yeah it's it's uh, very exciting we uh we run these three month um initiations for men we do them entirely online which for a lot of men and people who are in the sort of the men's work movement, they find that inconceivable and they don't really believe it's possible, but uh, it is. And uh, we have, for now, we we run two of these a year uh, with about 15 guys from around the world. We, we do not do big groups because it's so resource intensive. You know, we dig in there with every single one and, you know, it's, it gets very intimate, very powerful. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're, we're looking at uh, bringing um, this initial transmission or inspiration, bring it into different uh, areas and different avenues, um, be it for women or for kids or yeah, home study programs, podcasts, that kind of thing. So uh, yeah, we're in a very creative expansion phase right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I'm intrigued to hear more about Reclaim Your Inner Throne. Um, without giving away too much, would you be willing to share a bit about what men might go through or experience in those three months? We're uh, going um, on a on an archetypal journey, if you will, um, starting out with um, exploring um, the innocence, the the vulnerability that most men have exiled in an attempt to be powerful, and then having um, stripped away some of the 
primary defense mechanisms, we we go on a descent into the deepest, darkest crevices and, you know, face the demons, basically. And um, we do a lot of work with addiction with, uh, we, from early on. I, I, uh, I help the men identify all of the ways in which they leave themselves like rigorously mapping it out and then we just start picking them away one by one by one and it still astonishes me to this day that it works so well because I know that just going cold turkey with addictions isn't really something that typically people can do and uh, and um Pretty much consistently, the men are able to go on this journey. And I think it is because of the field that we're holding. So, you know, don't mess around with with your time here. You know, this is why you're here. So don't, don't run away from this opportunity. Um, so uh, we go on an underworld journey and then we come out the other side and, you know, we explore a lot. Um, about our relationship to to beauty, to women, the feminine, to power, to uh, we do body work, uh, we do a lot of uh, different. Um, yeah, it's a very comprehensive set of practices that we do, uh, which is there's still a structure in terms of practices. The what makes it very different, and it's hard to convey, is the field, the space that arises between us, which is highly mystical, in which we start feeling one another, we can, um, you know, find capacities in our body-mind, uh, in our somatic intelligence coming on online in, in ways that are very surprising. So, um, you know, it's it's a bit of a cliche, you know, the guy who's stuck in his head trying to master his life through finding the perfect strategies. And I think every guy who's ever started out on this path comes onto it initially with a frame of, I need to fix myself because something isn't right. Yeah, and that's that's a field that a lot of trainings hold. They will quite, they will quite gladly agree that yeah you are a bit broken you know and I'm gonna fix you and m the marketing will target the brokenness so that people get afraid and feel demand and and we don't do any of that here we target the greatness always we speak directly to the greatness we speak directly to the gifts that are waiting to be given through this particular human vessel um, and that's a very different kind of um, experience typically all of the men experience that this is incredibly different to anything they've ever done mm -hmm. yeah from from what i've gathered from just speaking with men who've gone through the initiation it, it it sounds like you've certainly struck a a unique balance between structure and mystery and this is something that has come up in conversation with you and i previously uh, finding that finding that happy medium of enough form to provide the container for the magic to happen and also not too much. And yes. something that actually really drew me into 
really drew me into your work was the map that you offer um, as as part of the kind of intro to learn about. Quite neat, huh? It, it's beautiful, <laughs> yeah. And it's a it's an analogy that we use at Journeyman as well. It's this this idea, you know, our logo is a compass, and some of the terms that we use for the different roles in our organization are, you know, wayfinder, or for the elders, the cartographer, the those who you know, have charted the territory well enough to actually draw a map for others. Oh, wow. And a quote that, that's sitting with me now is this this idea that the map is not the territory. Mm. You know, the map is a representation yeah. and a good guide can only, you know, can only illustrate where they have been and what it looked like when they were there. And, and you know, the, the journey, the trail is still left to blaze for the individual person. Totally. Reminds me of... I, I'm not very good at remembering quotes word for word, but Joseph Campbell talks about you got to enter the woods where there is no path, because if you go in where there is a path, you will just be, you know, living somebody else's life. You need to find the 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 wilderness. You need to find that uncharted territory where no mm-hmm. person has ever explored previously. That's when we know that we are in you know, the zone of our own particular genius. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, f- I feel that so deeply. And I related to that too. I'm, I'm also reminded of the power of intention and, and the capacity to create sacred space and safe space uh, in an online container as you've been successful in doing, it sounds like. And for me, so like many of my meaningful experiences and rites of passage of my own and vision questing have been done outside in the wilderness, you know, in a, in a container that is raw and natural and wild. And I'm curious if you can identify some ways to find that balance, you know, do you have any, anything that you can share that allows your participants to go, you know, away from the screen and cultivate, you know, experiences that are, that are, you know, unique or, or, you know, that may tap into that wildness and, then bring that back into the into the online container in, in a way that serves everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I like that question. Um, it's important to me actually this question because it gives me an opportunity to dispel some of the myths that I think people have about this particular work. Um, because obviously, yeah, we meet. Uh, we use Zoom, you know, to meet twice a week, and the men have triads and so on and so forth, but. Um, I, and, and I, I feel, you know, I notice I feel uh, really alive and proud when I can really own that. I think um, the fact that we're online makes it more powerful, more powerful, not less, because we are, um, you know, in a field for three months and the men don't ever leave the field. I don't know how we do it, but they're in it wherever they are at work, in bed or whatever. They're, they remain plugged in. It's just a particular kind of magic that happens, it seems. And, and so, yes, we send them into the woods. We send them, you know, to, to have uh, new and different and challenging kinds of conversations to, to, you know, explore, um, new frontiers of their existence, for sure. Of course we do. Um, and uh, and they do so remaining plugged into that field. 
So, uh, yeah, I'd like to speak more about this soon, you know, because I think this this is this really relates to the idea of the the king archetype and the the kingdom, uh, and also the magician, the ritual space of the magician. I would say that a lot of the guys, when they're through the training, they're like. I want to meet physically, you know, where are you guys? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so um, that desire is obviously there. I mean, I won't deny that people actually want to meet. Um, but at the same time, it's just incredible what is possible that, like, we we generally have around 20 men on screen at the same time in different time zones all around the world. And we can feel each other, and we're plugged into the same field. It's like it's mind blowing that from from Portland, Oregon to Sydney, Australia, there is an immediate connection in the subtle field that is uh, communicated. That is that is right there. Yep. You know, it is a special kind of connection. I can feel it right now with us from a small town outside of Seattle having this great conversation with you all the way in Norway and you know, it's nighttime for you and early morning for us. So it's, it's amazing what the internet can do with connection and different relationships across the globe. Yeah, it is amazing. I heard you mention earlier when you were speaking about reclaiming your inner throne, that a lot of the participants are going to be diving into their inner, inner world, into the darker, the deep depths. And in other words, their shadows. Um, I'd be curious to hear your insight as to what were some common themes or some common issues that have been arising in your work with men in terms of their shadow and maybe offer some insight into where this may be stemming from on a, on a macro level. If we look at the world kind of politically from the, you know, the, the polarities of the political uh, arena, right and left, yeah, each of those polarities have defined uh, part of the spectrum of masculinity as taboo. So the conservative side will tell you not to be a wimp, not to be so sensitive to, to man up, you know, take responsibility for your life, to set strong boundaries, be loyal, have discipline, uh, all of them really important qualities. Uh, and the more liberal, especially the progressive li- liberal side, will say, you know, don't be powerful. Men have abused and raped and destroyed the world since the beginning of time. Uh, it's time for you to step back. Uh, it's time for the women to rise now. Uh, you you are not really welcome. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's 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 not said explicitly, but a lot of men absorb that message. And so we have men who, depending on where they look, have to shut off half of themselves. And so if a man cares about being liked in, the, in a general way in his, in his life, then he might actually end up having access to just a sliver of himself at the very middle here, which is like complete full-on repression territory where I'm denying my sexuality, I'm denying my power, but I'm also denying my vulnerability, my grief, my joy, so on and so forth. And so a lot of men become these um, 
floating heads, you know, where the bodies are just a vehicle to bring their brain around, you know? And and so that's one thing. Uh, I think probably the most important thing. Um, you know, we we all grow up getting a lot of knocks by life. You can call them trauma or wounds, yeah? And uh, in a depth psychological uh, paradigm perspective, that will tend to be uh, sort of the gateway to our gold. But still, you know, um, it's hard to go there because it generally completely collapses the sense of identity that we've built. And so what I find with most of the men that I work with is that they have tried their best, they have made a valiant effort to create a functional identity structure in a world that essentially says in some kind of way that we don't like you being you. Uh, Or at least that's the message that men generally embrace or take on. Uh, The reality tends to be a little different. so uh, so then we run around, you know, we're repressed, we're trying to not rock the boat too much, we're trying to not creep out women with being overtly sexual, we're trying to not be shamed by our mates to, by being overtly sensitive, you know, and, and it just becomes this a really, really difficult situation where most guys, they will, they will live a life uh, complete, or to, to some extent, in denial of the inner emotional landscapes that runs through them. It's not easy for, for men in general these days. Yeah. For me, there is a, there is a power in identifying the, the, the ways in which we've been conditioned to live into identities outside of ourselves. You know, and what I'm hearing maybe for the, for those of us, myself included, who grew up in a, a very, progressive community, um, the emasculation that can occur of, of, you know, subtly or explicitly being told that we ought to feel guilty because of the way our, our ancestors who are men have shown up, um, to women, to children, to other men, the idea that we need to just feel guilty all the time. That's a message that I feel like I, I did receive and one that I don't agree with at, at this stage of awareness for myself. And then on the other side, too, being a product of athletics culture in the United States, which very much has a, an element of man up. You, you don't get to, you know, you might be injured, but you don't get to be hurt. You don't get to be emotional. And, and you know, you need to stuff that away and, and just keep showing up and be aggressive. And I can actually hear a chant, like, in my mind, running from playing competitive sports of cheerleaders yelling at me to be aggressive. Uh, groups of women yelling at me to be yeah. aggressive. And the tension I feel in my body as I remember this, of like, what am I being told and why? Um, and so I'm, I'm hearing that there is such a power in identifying those, those labels, those identities, and then to ritualistically or in a meaningful way to shed them. And that is part of this journey of, of claiming, yeah. you know, an inner throne, claiming, uh, claiming a, a role or an identity in life that will serve. Totally. Uh, the challenge, you know, is that what you describe now in archetypally speaking is very much a warrior chant, you know, be aggressive, be aggressive, you know, attack, slice through the opponent, cut them down, lay them, you know, dead. Um, 
I think the U.S. in particular is a very warrior culture. It's um, it's a bit different in Norway. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and when when that becomes a dominant pursuit, um, the uh, innocence, the sensitivity, the vulnerability, the the means by which we can attune to our surroundings and have deeply satisfying relationships to feel love, to feel nourishment, to feel alive. They're not there. And then when a person like that tries to become a leader, he he doesn't have any trace of king kingliness inside of him because the king quality is actually it, it stems from an embrace of innocence mythologically you can see this all over the place you know the divine child that becomes the new king mm-hmm. be it jesus or you know and, and so uh, as men and i think uh, what you're sharing is that women sort of conspire in this um we we play out the same mythological theme and then whenever one of us ends up as a leader we don't know how to bless we have no clue so essentially on some level we're playing out some kind of a tyrant aspect and you know on uh, some days we can also be just hiding from the world because we're feeling afraid of being caught out you know so then we have this um bipolar pendulum that swings back and forth and you can see it you can see it right now in in um the political arena all over the place where unfortunately mainly men but also some women are running countries without having any capacity of blessing their citizens so it's a terrible situation you know mm-hmm we work primarily with teen boys and one of the uh, one of the ways that i feel called to begin to meet these boys and young men where they are is actually in the digital space as we've acknowledged you know technology has huge benefits for being able to connect across the globe um and even for the the boys and the, the youth that are in our community um Interestingly enough, connecting in the digital space is easier, whether that's via text message or even being invited to like play a video game with some of some of these kids. And coming from my, you know, my lineage in in some wilderness rites of passage and, and other forms of nature based uh, mentorship, I certainly feel the benefit of doing things outdoors and and you know cultivating a sense of place in the wild. And uh, one of our other guests, yeah. Arna Rubenstein from Australia, has really spoken to the importance of meeting kids where they are and using technology in, in constructive and creative ways. And um, I see you doing that within her throne, which is quite literally the best example for me of, of using technology for a good outlet and actually encouraging people to show up in the real world better as more whole persons uh, through the use of this mm-hmm. technology. Nice. And a vision I have that I'd like to hear you speak to is... Um, you know, maybe gamifying this journey a bit and making it adaptable to those who they identify with uh, a gamified world of video games or interacting with each other in this digital space. Um, is this something that you've hmm. that you've seen a, an opportunity in, um, or or do you see any kind of new paradigms emerging for the way that you engage men in Inner Throne? It's a very interesting idea. 
obviously, if at one stage, like five years from now, we could have like a big game studio collaborate with us to create like this real transformational RPG game or something like that, then that would be a lot of fun. In terms of the possibility of technology, it's very exciting. And, and to use it in in a way that supports nature and supports the soul of humanity as opposed to, you know, more damaging it. It's uh, it's very exciting to me. Me too. And uh, I, I too share a curiosity and an excitement to see how, you know, how those of us engaged in this work and maybe some of those who are more on the technical side can collaborate to create, you know, fun ways that are accessible to more people. And for me, that's, that's really what technology is affording right now is access. And um, yeah. meeting people where they are and what the, and in a way that they know and trust and understand. And for so many youth today, and I would imagine many men who work on their computers or they're, they're you know, consistently engaged in the digital world, um, it is a way to access and to access community. And, and some of the things that can definitely be built into a system, even digitally, are things like accountability. You know, a, a leaderboard is Absolutely. an idea of like something that is really <laughs> powerful for like fitness apps and things like that. But yeah. it's to say, Hey, did you, um, did you say your affirmation today? Did you, uh, you know, did you engage with, uh, did you engage with someone in a, in a new, in a new construct and, and release an old pattern and to be able to support each other through this? Well, Ivan, thank you so much for joining. Um, I really enjoyed, uh, our, our conversation today. Same. Yeah. And if, um, if any of the uh, listeners, uh, is interested to join the next round, then just reach out on inner-throne.com. And we're starting a new round on March 27th. And I'd be excited to explore with you if uh, you feel inspired. Special thanks to our sponsors. Voice of Vashon, broadcasting from the Puget Sound on KVSH 101.9 FM. Outdoor Research creates innovative, functional outdoor gear and clothing designed by adventure for the journey ahead. You've been listening to Right Ways Radio, hosted by Journeymen. Thanks again for joining us. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. And remember to leave us your feedback, and please give us a rating. Find us online at www.journeymen.us. Oh, 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 oh.